0: The things we do podcast. A podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun jazzy stuff. Today I got my special guest and friend Katrina Maskell. Hello. Hello. Um sorry, how are you today?
1: I'm pretty good today. Yeah. Yeah, I got a sleeping, so feeling yeah. fresh.
0: <laughs> you got you had a nap. Mm-hmm. You had a you had a was it an eight hour sleep or a
1: I think it might have been. Oh, yeah. that's okay.
0: Okay, I, that's nothing to sneeze at.
1: Mm-mm. Um Very good. <laughs> I feel like I never get that too, so I'm yeah, like no. feeling way too good, to be honest. Yeah, just like,
0: oh, so well-rested. What is this nightmare? Uh,
1: um, so, Kat,
0: can you tell everyone in the wonderful ears what you do and a bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Well, I guess I'm a performer, mm-hmm. um, and I do like dancing, acting, singing, and music, so I've been in bands and stuff, mm-hmm. and at the moment, yeah, I just – oh, and I teach a little bit too, to the younger generation <laughs> – because you're so old, <laughs> so old. <laughs> I just, I
0: just see the the grey curls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do teach like really young, like one years old oh. to like five, and then again in primary school. So yeah. definitely the the younger ones.
0: Is that is that kind of like eye opening as well?
1: Yes, you no, know, it is. It 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 it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. It's all like it's a mixed jar, to mm. be honest, because they're so cute. But then if you get a lot of, you know, really young kids in a class, it's very exhausting. <laughs> yeah, but they love you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they do. Um
1: <laughs> I mean that's like, that's
0: great though. Like, um how long have you been teaching for?
1: Hmm, good question. Four maybe five years, I think. Wow, okay. What year are we in? <laughs> twenty twenty one, yeah. I reckon maybe five actually. Yeah. It's like when did I start? When
0: when did you start? Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be twenty twenty two. But I mean, like it's twenty twenty one currently. Right now. Um. I mean, like that's that's pretty good though. So you were like what um late twenties when you started doing it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That sounds right.
0: Yeah. Was that just kind of a trajectory difference that you wanted to try? Or
1: yeah, I got stuck in hospitality for way too long. <laughs> um, How good is hospitality? Yeah. It's, I it's mean, not. It, <laughs> it's good for like. Yeah, I guess it, like most performers and stuff do it because when you don't have consistent work, yeah, that's the consistency. But then all of a sudden it kind of just gets in the way. And yeah. I was like, hang on, how can I actually make what I want to do my real job as well? And yeah. that was kind of when, you know, you start teaching a little bit too, because at least I'm teaching dance or drama to people, which just feels a little bit more in, on the right yeah. track than, you know, doing beers and cocktails and stuff. Oh, but you know, so good. So good when you know how to do a good <laughs> shake. Um, yeah. just, woo. Woo. Don't miss the four AM closes. <sighs> do <day laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Isn't that the thing as like an overnight shift though when you're in a um you're like a creative and then you actually realize you get no fucking sleep and you're just like Oof. Yeah. Um that's the thing that I don't like I'm not gonna miss when I leave doing overnight work is that sleeping schedule. <laughs> um because one day I hope to be in a job which doesn't require me to be consistently awake at the dawn of midnight. Yeah. Um. But I mean, like for some people that works. Like for some people, absolutely.
1: Totally uh, vampires. It works for yeah. It here. Yeah.
0: Um. Some people are naturally just graveyard shift people. They love being up at um, you know, two, three in the morning and just chilling. I I I don't know how it does you well in mm. summer because of the heat. The yeah. Sun. True. But um, you know, I imagine it does some people well. But you know, are you what about early starts? Are you good with early starts?
1: No, <laughs> so I'm definitely a night owl. <clears throat>
0: so you prefer to be up late, yeah, and, and up late. I'll sleep longer.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, if I, I like if I do like if I have to, or mm. it's something that I love, I will absolutely do it. But you know, if I had a day off, I'm not going to get up at six a.m. Like that's not going to happen. But I might stay up till. <laughs> Four a.m. <laughs>
0: oh, interesting. So you'll be aw- you'll be awake at six if you're forced up to stay it, but you won't wake up at six. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, right. I see. Yeah. I see the conundrum. <laughs> um, so when when you were little, when did acting come into your life? When did when did performing come into your life?
1: Performing came very early. I think Mum took me to dance class first over in Balmain. Um, the hall's still there and the lady's still there, which is super cute. Wow. Um, Barbara, shout out to Barbara. Um, and we, yeah, so she took me there when I was really little. Mm. and But it when I say dancing, it's like frolicking around, you know, like cute dancing, not like proper yeah. ballet or anything. How dare you? <laughs> and then did that and then kind of, yeah, it was dancing young. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, mum just kind of knew that I was – made for the stage I remember like yeah I'm trying to think when I actually started acting I think I was like seven mm-hmm. so still pretty young yeah. yeah 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 yeah. yeah, going into like but they were all just drama games and stuff which I loved
0: yeah and then you was like when did it when did it be... when did it become serious when did you feel like it was like a serious thing
1: so I think that it was weird so like I always wanted to be in musicals that was my thing because yeah. like, I was dancing acting and singing So as soon as I finished school, I went straight into, wait, hold on. Let's go a step back. I got my first professional jobs when I was in um, early high school. And that was like um, a lot of suit work and stuff, doing the hosting for like Nickelodeon, like traveling shows. So that's when kind of the acting took over and the dancing, because I was in the suits and stuff. Mm. So then, and then after school, did the full-time performing arts Yeah. Musical theatre stuff. But then I went into the music world because a a band approached me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so then I did bands and tours for about four years, five, six, seven. (laughs) That was good math. (laughs) And then that kind of like crossed with acting a bit. Yeah. But then when the band faded, that's when I went, no, I'm going to go right back in. So it's kind of been a bit of a wave with all of them. Yeah. And just kind of grabbing what comes my way. But it's always been consistent. consistently there if that makes sense but what is the main focus will change depending on where I am and what opportunities arise at that yeah current time but the the three have always been there if that answers your question it does it
0: (laughs) does like I'm you know it's interesting as well because you know band work and and you know like it's like you're a jack of all trades master of none kind of situation absolutely and it's interesting do you think that's a negative thing or a positive thing
1: I always thought it was a negative and now I'm kind of leaning into the positive yeah. side. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause it's like, it's an interesting saying where people go, you're a jack of all trades. Cause the, the ability to be that means that you're never rigidly stuck to one thing. You can do a multitude of, and, and most days, People need to be that. I need to specialise in a bunch of different skills and, you know, have that ability to be flexible. Yeah. Did, did, did band work and stuff like that ever sort of seem like something you wanted to do?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I, I think for me when it happened, I didn't know I wanted it. But then when it came, it was yeah absolutely an amazing experience. You know, I, I still they're all my best friends, those boys, and I'm in another band with like these amazing chicks. And I feel like... Writing music and being on stage is like I always thought, I don't know, the whole like writing performer thing. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I'm definitely more of a performer. Yeah. And it took me a while to work that out. Even though I will write with the bands, the joy for me is the touring mm. and the being on the stage rather than the yeah. writing of the songs. Like that's cool too. But yeah, it was weird to kind of figure that out.
0: You're a, <laughs> so you're a little bit of a rock fan at heart or are you what do you what kind of music yeah. do you love
1: oh all of it so we'll buy two bands quickly there's like one's an indie pop kind of oh rock I love, band, yes and the other one's a doom heavy metal band so oh, okay. that shows you <laughs> and i'm a musical theater girl so my so, music is very <laughs> like collective yeah
0: <laughs> which is you know because you're aesthetically like a bit of a rock Look to you Thank you <laughs> um, But then there's also a little bit of a hippie vibe And then there's a little bit of an alternative um, You wouldn't scry you as a, You know, if you looked at you and you're going musical theatre You wouldn't suspect it It's probably the one thing that I don't think But this is like, you know, anyone who says they're into musical theatre I know only one friend Who actually looks like they're part of a musical theatre <laughs> Like it's so... Musical theatre is such a weird kind of like when you're in the costume and when you're in the full thing, it makes perfect sense. But when you're outside of it, most people don't look like they're part of a musical theatre, like yeah. even when they are, because it's such a a unique thing. Musical theatre is also like something I think most people don't realise is so big. It's massive. Like mm-hmm. um, one of my favourite, um, I'd love to see the stage version of it is Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is great, great, fun, um, yeah. Music, movie, and the fact that um I've seen both both movies. I've seen Shock Treatment and Rocky Horror. And Shock Treatment, you can skip. You really have you seen it? <laughs> I haven't. No, it's, you can really skip it. It's it's not got the same cast except for the three mains, like you mm-hmm. know who played um oh uh, the servant Riff Raff and all that. Like um I can't remember the actor actor like the original writer's name for the life of me. Yeah. Um, not at the top of my head, but yeah, he's in it because he wrote the sequel and everything, but they don't have the same Brad and Janet right. because their salaries were too high. <laughs> so watching a sequel without the original two mains kind of, and also it just doesn't really make sense to why that story needed to continue.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Cause it was one of those things that I think they made bucket loads on and then the sequel just kind of faded into the background because it wasn't really necessary. But, um, yeah, like musical... It, musical theater and stuff like that what what's your top like three musical theater productions ever
1: live or or movies both or, i will go top okay. three movie <sighs>
0: productions and <clears throat> top three um stage productions cuz um, i've got three of probably both in my head
1: yeah i okay i'm going to go for wicked and rent mm and then the third one's hard because i feel like what shaped me and what I love is slightly different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause I feel like Sound of Music and Wizard of Oz were the first two when I, and Annie probably, or Oliver, those four were like the first that I remember from a really young age and yeah. loving, but then Oliver scarred me live with Nancy dies. It's horrific. So I feel like as much as I love it, that was like more of a, you know, sad kind of experience. Yeah. Um, but then some of the like newer, oh, my third place, I can't even decide. I feel like I'm going to miss one and be like, damn it, like West Side Story. I can't wait for the new one.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I will give you mm. mine. Mine would definitely be like Rocky Horror, which yeah. is always a classic to watch on, in terms of movies. Um, probably. Oh, um, I love a good Disney musical. Oh, see, so
1: are we including this? Mm, okay, yeah. hold on. Yeah, yeah you no. Go.
0: <laughs> um, I know I I I know everyone says it but I think like um you know Moana is a great one it's got mm-hmm. some great musical numbers in it um and the fact that um I also just think uh Lin Manuel Miranda does fantastic jobs at m- musicals um and yeah he's he's just great um and but I also think like Moana is just a really fun kids film like it's a really well made and probably I'm really trying to think because I got a third one in my head but I'm like what is it What? what I think
1: it? I figured mine out maybe yeah. when you said Disney maybe Mary Poppins
0: Mary Poppins is great it's the pretty, original yeah like yeah. it's pretty
1: up there Second time that choreography is
0: amazing. Um, yeah I think one of the what well, the one of the stage ones that I've seen Wicked hands down Mm. amazing um it's great uh i saw hamilton recently yes me too which is great it's it's really fun um it's a lot to process with no story i think the thing is i like musicals with breaks in between the songs i'm really bad when it's just straight music and it was the acoustics in the performance i'd not listened to the soundtrack first but i loved it i thought it was really fun i thought the campiness of elements of it were great yep. and it's a fun story. Um, but yeah, it was a hard thing to kind of like process when you're watching it live and not understanding the whole story and not Absolutely. knowing the history.
1: Because it's all rap as well, yeah. so it's fast-paced. Like yeah, along the music, it's like bam, bam, yeah, bam, yeah, lyrics, yeah. and you're like, what? But it's great.
0: Um, but it's a great musical. Um, it probably wouldn't be my top favourite. I know it's in a lot of t- people's top favourites, but it is one I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, but, yeah, like I remember seeing uh, Wicked – when it first came out to Australia, I think, um, God, I'm I'm really stuck at the moment. I'm trying to think which musicals. There's
1: a lot. There's there's a lot. Even just talking about it, there's like, because I find like the new and the old is a huge thing. And then Disney for me is like a third category sort of thing. You're like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, But, you know, if you were going,
0: see, I've, I've, like, I've watched – one of my one of my recently favorite ones is Beetlejuice, which, believe it or not, is uh, I never thought it would be turned into a musical. And <laughs> it's so much fun because if anyone doesn't know Beetlejuice, it's a great film. But the sarcastic nature of the character <laughs> translated into song is so funny because it's just arrogance in song and and like um, all I didn't about know death. about it until now,
1: so now yeah. I'm keen to watch it.
0: Um, I think you can find it on YouTube, Pits and Pieces. Like, I, I listen to the soundtrack every so often. It's just that very silly Broadway adaptation. Um, but the amount of songs that didn't get uh, released is insane. They wrote so many versions of different songs, and I think they adapted the story quite well from a movie that was pretty well established. Yeah. Um, so that's, like, one of the few times where I don't mind... Um, you know what's interesting, though? I don't think that all musicals should be adapted into movies. And I agree. I, and Dear Evan Hansen yep. is a prime example of something that should never be adapted, especially casting Ben Platt um, as, as the lead role of a 30-year-old in <laughs> in school. Um, his just, voice is great, though. His <laughs> voice. Can I just say his voice, like watching him in Pitch Perfect, fantastic back in the day. Pitch Perfect. Anna Kendrick, that's a person who has an amazing voice as yeah. well. Yeah. She does. Um and but yeah, like that, that movie, um it just looks terrible. Just, <laughs> I get the premise of the the musical. I totally get the yeah. idea, but I don't think something like that translates into a movie. Into a movie and also combining the plot to anyone just sounds like Yeah, true. It just sounds terrible because it's like why would anyone lie this chronically? <laughs> To, a, to the public. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he just, like, carries it on. Like, oh, I don't want anyone to do it. And he's like, why don't you just say, I actually didn't know him. And it's, like. When
1: it got to that point, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, and I'm sorry, I don't know what happened, and I don't know why he did this, and unfortunately, like, I'm not going to give you hope. And it's like, okay, that's fair. That's unfortunate, but, you know, I'm glad you told us the truth. <laughs> not drag it fucking out for
1: but then we wouldn't have the musical <laughs> i know an inner
0: conflict and wanting to be accepted and i'm just like oh i don't know i'm very no, i'm i'm very hypercritical of musicals like that i also think that you know uh, just you know it reminds me of high school musical kind of sh- which everyone loves.
1: I was gonna say um, a big High School Musical fan. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> but loves... I think it was also timing. Yeah, like I was, I was probably a bit older, but it was still. Well, you were great. like
0: twenty-two, twenty-three when oh. High School Musical I, came out. Well, off. I feel
1: like it came out more like seventeen, eighteen, wasn't it? Because I remember seeing the third one when I was nineteen, out in the cinema. Okay. So, yeah. so it must have been younger. So I feel like my high school was their high school. So that's yeah. kind of. I feel you know, like you feel a... like you grow up with it, same with Harry Potter, like yeah. at your age. I mean so it's like it's like your thing.
0: You you make it sound like our audience is very young or like there's a huge <laughs> age gap between us. There's not. There's, not. there's we're very similar in nature's like
1: <laughs> No, but it was more me trying to work out yeah. when high school musical <laughs> <laughs> came out. It's like how old was you know, I?
0: You know what the scary thing though is I realised like last year has been ten years since I left high school. It's and this year is now eleven years. Yeah. And so I've been working ten years in the industry. Yeah. And that comprehension of just going, Oh fuck yeah. Like <laughs> And then meeting people who are still in high school or like just finishing high school, I'm like,
1: "What? <laughs> uh,
0: no, no, you're reminding me too much of like the pressure of high school and everything." Like, that. have you removed yourself now completely from that world?
1: It feels like a long time ago. Yeah, but it still pops up. I guess, like, yeah, I guess I have removed. Yeah, myself. did
0: you like high school?
1: Yeah, I didn't hate it.
0: <laughs> With um, were you were you the popular kid? Not really. I was like, <laughs> I mean,
1: I've always been pretty extroverted. So I've always had a lot of friends and lots of different groups. Um, but I was definitely probably like the drama nerd or the, the music kind of girl. So I wasn't necessarily cool or popular. Do you know what I mean? Because I was interesting. a little bit more like quirky and different. But I feel like I didn't have any enemies or, you know, the popular group didn't hate me. They just probably yeah thought I was a bit weird. <laughs> I mean, maybe
0: <laughs> understandably, we're all a bit weird. <laughs> Um,
1: but yeah, I had like quite a few different groups, yeah. which was kind of nice
0: Yeah, I mean like, um, this, that's kind of like when I left high school I made most of my friends like leaving high school mm. More than remaining in high school I think I know, like, two people who I still keep in contact with from high school days. But most of the time, they're just, like, they've faded off into the background. Um, And I think that works for some people. like Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, high school is one of those things that I think, I don't know how you felt about the curriculum, but I really enjoyed, like, I enjoyed entertainment. There was class where you learned about how to, you know, set up stuff for live bands and stuff like that. I loved that. I thought that was the coolest thing to learn about electronics and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then there was drama class. And then there was hospital, like, you know, work, um, studying cooking and stuff. I loved all those classes. Yeah. But I definitely wasn't the written, like, write a thesis yeah. kind of kids. I was like, no, nah, mm-hmm. what do you do with this? Like, this is paper. And I don't know if this was the ADHD brain mentality yeah. uh, than I had and just being like, nah. But, yeah, I was like, drama was like this outlet. But I used to be nervous as anything in drama class. I love drama. I love acting. But it's it's very interesting because it's like um, I never thought I was that good in yeah. in high school. Like, apparently, my teacher thought I was quite good. But it was like, I, I was not one of those kids who knew, like, that they, were, they had any talent. I was just did it because it was comforting and, you know, stuff like that. Did, when did you kind of like – You know, did you have a point where you knew you were good in high school or did you just kind of like pursue it because it was fun?
1: Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, I think like year seven, I got like the drama award. (laughs) So I was like, well, and I I think that was the only one I did get an award for consecutively (laughs) through high school. I got it every year. So I was like, that was my... You were like, I know I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. But then again, for me, it wasn't like, I know I'm good. It was also, that's who I am. Yeah. Because I was just always performing that like, it wouldn't be right if I didn't, you know, even if I wasn't good, I was still going to do it,
0: I think. Do you think that though, do you feel like that's made you perform as a person as well? Did you ever feel like you could, you could not perform as a person as well? Like wear a mask consistently?
1: Um, <laughs> I feel like I touched a yeah, little. Yeah, I think I probably still do that yeah. a bit. Yeah, because I think I'm probably a little bit more closed off and stuff than I appear to be.
0: Do you find like is that because of anxiety, or do you think that's just because of your level of comfort?
1: Oh, probably anxiety, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, or maybe a level of comfort, or the or the kind of I don't know whole thing that I'm used to of performing that yeah. it's just become like, that's what you do. Yeah. Whereas when someone kind of chips you know away. chips away and gets to know you, they go, Oh, interesting. What's yeah. happening here?
0: Do you, Cause it, like, do you find you find it quite hard to talk about yourself?
1: Yes and no, depending <laughs> on what, like, yeah. I feel like I'm a pretty open person.
0: I love it when but people say that. But kind of,
1: like, on the surface as well. Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like most of, like, my really close friends would say they know me pretty well. Yeah. And then there's, like, the little select few that would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's doing that. Oh, she's fine. <laughs> no, she's not. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. would be able to just See push through. through and know, yeah, like, yeah, what's, like, really, what's really taking along. Yeah. Um, but I am pretty open, that being said. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's tricky.
0: Yeah. Like, um, do you think that's the ADHD side of you? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because how old How old were you when you got diagnosed with
1: that? Quite late in life, probably yeah. about six years ago, I think.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, so I
1: was like mid-20s.
0: See, that seems to be the common age for girls. Mm. It's very common to be diagnosed later in life. Yeah. I was diagnosed when I was five.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And uh, mostly because I had a seizure. I think it was just a category of like your kid has epilepsy. Oh, also they have ADHD. Those mm-hmm. are two things that don't not, like can go together, but here's here it is, bundle package.
1: Interesting, yeah. Um
0: yeah, so I I was very much about like just new from a very early age. Um but I think it's also more recognizable in boys. It's way more um like apparent and I think the, the symptoms mm. um in girls seem to like are the same, they're like some, you know, there are a lot of consistent symptoms when you have ADHD, but I think they're more just associated like with boys. And it's like, yeah, Oh, you know, she seems just fine. Like, whereas he seems like a troublesome child and it's like, no, they both have the same condition. Like it's yeah. just different ways of, you know, outlet that you'll see throughout puberty and stuff like that. And then when they're in adulthood, Um. but yeah, generally like, um, Have you found that quite easy to get your head around now, or did you like struggle with it for a time?
1: Well, I feel like for me, when it first, like when I was first diagnosed, everything kind of made more sense. Yeah. Um, because I always kind of thought it was anxiety and stuff. And when the diagnosis came, the anxiety went away for me, particularly through medication and stuff, which was Mm. baffling. Um, because. I always thought like they were trying to treat anxiety in the past and it didn't work. And then this
0: Mm -hmm. kind of
1: worked quite quickly, which was crazy. And then just seeing how much more I was me and then learning to work Mm, with it and sort of thing. And like a lot of things just kind of made sense because I was like a pretty bad tantrum thrower as a kid. And, you know, that kind of, Fell into place and made sense because I always had this built-up energy and didn't know yeah. where to put it, and that's why I was always dancing and yeah. And I think I'm like my parents managed it very well as a kid, which is probably why there was such a late diagnosis because I was always busy doing the things I loved that it didn't really impact me to you know the full negative kind of degree until I became an adult and I had to work it out myself. And you know, you lose I don't know like mm, holding yeah. a job and that like those little things became you know a little bit harder to manage mm-hmm. that makes sense
0: yeah do you feel like do you feel like now you've gotten a grasp on it though? oh absolutely yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah embraced it and
0: because you're like very active on tiktok and stuff about it as well you talk about it yeah
1: hard. it's only a new thing for me because i realize there's just so much like stigma with it still yeah and i just realized why why can't we talk about the good things of it and be okay with it yeah. instead of it being such a negative kind of yeah. thing.
0: I think, I think what's really sweet, like, you know, obviously I was telling you about my um, cousin's um, kid um, who's now eight, who's been diagnosed with it. And I think he's very excited to talk to me about it. <laughs> and I think that's so cute because it's like, you know, something. But it was funny when I saw him for the first time, I guessed. I was like straight away, I was like, his behavior is how I was. It was yeah. like very obvious uh didn't know how to fit in didn't felt a little out of place um everyone thought differently and everyone looked at him differently than you know it's like the way my parents used to go i don't know how like how he's gonna fit in and worried and consistently worried and everything and like you know he's got an older sister and stuff and i think he came up he came up to emily and i when we met him um and i you know i hadn't seen him for years like he was a Bub, you know, he was like about four or five when I saw him. So he was a tiny Bub and he didn't have that much memory of me because of the, you know, obviously like two years yeah. and the pandemic and everything. So when I saw him, I was like, oh, you know, Liam, you look great. And um, But he was like, oh, I'm Liam, nice to meet you. And I was like, I know who you are. Like, you know, I've known you your whole life. But he was also like, can I hug you? And I was like, that's really sweet because his parents are clearly, you know, because of that impulsive side. He's been trained to, like, ask before he does. Like, he don't, can't just assume that people want these things. And I think that's really sweet. But also he was, you know, he was talking to Emily and talking about how he was bullied at school and he didn't feel like he was fitting in always. And I just, you know, and he was talking to me about Minecraft and, like, how that was his like, outlet of feeling like he was in control of stuff. And I was like, this is clear signs of, you know, um, kid with a learning disability and, you know, um, you know, and how they process things and how they feel like they fit in. Yeah. And I was automatically like, this is like me, this is a hundred percent like me. I used to hide behind television shows and stuff like that, where I looked at other things to relate to people. And mm. then I found common interests through that. And that was like massive. It was massive when I was younger. So yeah. I see like having that connection now with someone so young really kind of made me go, Oh, I'm going to give him something that obviously we wouldn't have had because there wasn't just that acknowledgement growing up. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, this is the thing where, you know, we were young in the 90s, so it was like, well, by the way, there wasn't that much awareness of conditions like ADHD and, you know, and like any kind of like learning disability wasn't really accepted. Like how many kids in school did you know who had learning disabilities?
1: Good question. Probably only a few. But whether that was accurate or not is a whole different yeah. thing, you know yeah yeah.
0: I mean, like, did did that surprise you as well? Like, because one one thing they do say about like um you know people with ADHD or anything like that is we're consistently sporadic mm-hmm. and or uh I I love another one which is we have um there's a great person who does ADHD little lessons online and stuff. She talks about, like, relationships and stuff like that and how sometimes you have inconsistent relationships and sometimes you have solid relationships. How are you on communication with your ADHD now? How are you actively – do you feel like you have to put more of an effort in or is it quite easy to just be like, I have ADHD, do you feel –
1: No, I still think, like, I'm not comfortable with saying it to anyone. Yeah. And I think because a lot of my really close friends were there when it happened and they kind of saw, you know, how much it helped me, (laughs) the the diagnosis at least – but I'm not gonna, you know, meet someone and be like, "Hey, hey, <laughs> and sorry if I cut you off." Then it's because I have ADHD and I don't, <laughs> and I'm impulsive. You know, <laughs> I am, I am listening to what you're saying, but I'm also listening to this guy over here. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it's very. But then again, if I meet someone and I connect with them, mm. then I wouldn't be opposed to telling the truth and yeah, and saying it, you know. So, mm. I
0: I can't even remember um, how I found out. I think it was through your TikTok.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think
0: I was like, oh, hello. hello." Because
1: I actually got a few friends and like people that I know that don't know that reached out to me being like, oh, me too. And and it was kind of nice because I did it just, I don't know why I did it, to be honest. I was just in a, a, obviously a place where I wanted to share my experience and I was feeling a bit bold and whatever <laughs> and I then it was kind of cool because the the like the feedback i got was like yeah people saying, oh me too and even like uh one person who just got diagnosed who was quite a bit older which was kind of cool to touch base on that and i was like oh yeah yeah there I
0: go. i mean it's also just kind of like awesome because you you seem much more sure of yourself because of it mm. um you know because <laughs> Like, I I feel like that's the thing, because I remember, like, being shamed by it. I used to not want people to know I had it. Yeah. And I was like, why would you want to know this and stuff like that? And I don't know if you get this, but when like, I occasionally get this, where it's like, you know, you'll say this in a workplace, you're like, oh, I have a learning disability or I have ADHD. So, you know, it's just going to take me a different way to learn. And I'm like, go, oh. And it's like, yeah, get fast. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> what is yeah. that?
0: Yeah. Have you had that where people go, oh
1: yeah yes, but it's more it's in you know, the more like, "Ah, because I go, "Oh, I have been diagnosed and goes, "Oh ah, that makes sense." Like yeah. I feel like it's not the negative. It's like, oh, that's why right. yeah, but it can still be taken a, you know in a negative way because you're yeah. like, oh, so you you thought you knew and you never decided to tell me things." yeah, <laughs> thanks for making it hot. No. <laughs> um but yeah, even still, there is that, yeah, yeah. negative times where people go, "Oh." Yeah. Okay. Or they think it's an excuse and you're like, mm, No, yeah. it's not
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean like uh how do you find now that um when you meet like obviously like, when you meet new people and you don't go, I have ADHD Um but do you do you find like it a little bit easier in terms of like work-life balance now that, you know, it's been a few years since your diagnosis and you're able to kind of like work out when when it's more problematic and when it's less problematic and knowing how to work around like situations like impulsive nature or interrupting people or, you know, giving people signals. Yeah. To when things kind of get out of hand in your head or you're sort of like, because I know one of the things that ADHD does for me is it kind of like when you get a compound of information, it can get overwhelming. It's like, mm-hmm. oh God, how do I compartmentalize? all of this uh, facts and, um, and deal with it.
1: absolutely <laughs> and conform
0: a sentence. Like yeah. that makes coherent sense.
1: <laughs> absolutely. yeah. I think, yeah, it, it depends from like work yeah. to meeting people because I find like when I'm meeting new people, I will now be a little bit more aware of interrupting or yeah. looking like I'm zoning out when I'm actually listening, but I'm also, yeah, multitasking and listening to that tv and those people over there and you know like in a pub
0: how bad <laughs> and
1: I'll like, interrupt and go like I agree with this what this person said over there and they're like I thought you were talking to me yeah yeah, yeah. sorry I, I was totally in this so I'm still talking to you but I just needed to yeah tell it's like the, Bob the, the, over the, there that I agree yeah and it's like you're 100% <laughs> right over there so <laughs> yeah. anyway good Bob
0: uh anyway yes back to your point <laughs>
1: yeah so I find like with strangers I'm a little bit or well, not strangers or new people you know yeah. a little bit more aware of when I do it rather than just doing it.
0: Yeah. Also other side of the coin is like the hyper focusedness, which you know comes and goes. Yeah. Uh, like what <laughs> was it the other day? Emily was talking to me about something. No, she was talking about her brother. Um, he he'd gone to hospital for um to like in emergency. He had something happen to his leg and we reckon it was like an insect bite or something like that. Ooh. Um he's okay. But um they were sort of just like, don't know what it is. And she was telling me this and I was writing something and I had this moment. It was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Like, because <laughs> I was so involved in the task that any information external was not going through. And that that's something that ADHD people have yeah. as well. And often people think you're being rude. It's not. Yeah. Your yeah. brain is just not comprehending new information coming in because it's yeah. so hyper-focused on another task that your brain just goes oh well um, to anything like you're it it's interesting, and um yeah it's it's n- the one thing that I think people kind of like Automatic. i used to be called you know like you know rude or something like that, and I used to be you know like feel like I was being rude, but I don't think I am, I'm just sort of like compartmentalizing no. different information, and um you know, I guess the thing is like when I'm doing a task, I'm doing a task and I need. To focus on that and then move on to the next thing. But if I'm in a conversation with someone, I'll take everything in. And you know, it's just, yeah. it's very interesting. Like, how do you deal with that? Like, are you very much like the same where you didn't, if, if you're doing a hyper focused on a task and people talk to you, do you find it's harder to concentrate on what they're saying?
1: Yeah, it depends on what kind of level I'm at. So, like, yeah. if I'm like totally in it, then absolutely. And then if I'm still hyper, like, if I'm hyper-focusing over something like over a long period of time rather than, like, in that moment, if that makes sense, yeah. then I'll be a little bit more yeah. reactive and stuff to the other people or whatever's happening.
0: But, you know, if you're just there in the moment and you're doing something really quickly, you're like, all the attention go on this. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, do you find... It's interesting that you mentioned... You lose those...
1: hours as well. Yeah. Young, oh, more. God.
0: <laughs> I, I've forgotten to eat sometimes.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, I was just thinking about, like, you know, you're mentioning anxiety, some as well. Like, how is that now? How's your mental health now, comparatively?
1: My anxiety's gone, which is just wild.
0: <laughs> which? What do you? What do you want? What do you take from I'm
1: taking Ritalin at the moment. Yeah, oh, and good. it's like how... just taken the anxiety away. Because I know, like, yeah, you hear that it can cause anxiety for people that. Don't yeah. have ADHD or try and use it recreationally. Don't do that. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not a recreational drug. Yeah. Um, and it
1: can heighten anxiety. And that yeah, was kind of all the things I read. And then when I got it, got rid of it. And I was like, oh,
0: because
1: it's uh, good to know.
0: It's interesting because it's like when the imbalance is there, it rectifies the imbalance. Whereas if you don't have the imbalance, it actually, uh, sti- you know, stimulates yeah. the imbalance. Um it's so weird how drugs work. That yeah, it's very uh, interesting. But yeah, I, it's interesting because I remember I did, like Ritalin didn't take away anxiety for me, unfortunately. Yeah, like, I I had it, I stopped taking it when I was in my like teens. Yeah, I haven't been on it for years. I have thought about going back on it. Um, I have really bad anxiety. I take Lovin for that. Um, which has a chemical in it called fluoxetine. Um, and that reduces like panic attacks and stuff like that. But yeah, right. I am. Like, I think I developed depression and anxiety from going off my meds, sort of like, probably a little bit because they were probably always there, but they were just reduced because of the meds. And now mm. when I was off them, they were, like, back to their normal level Yeah. Um. and everything was heightened. Like, I used to overly panic about stuff, Um. whereas, like, anxiety now is just like, eh. Yeah, whatever. Um, ever since so, so yeah, I have talked to my doctors about it going back on, a, um, Ritalin and stuff. And apparently, it, you know, it's like massive. Like for some people, it's massive. Like they're able to focus more and you know stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know what what's been your experience with it. What what, what did you notice a massive change when you started taking it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I I think it's also that thing of knowing when, you know, knowing your dosage and not to be completely reliant on it as well, and yeah. then to learn how to cope in other kind of ways as well and be more self-aware and yeah. that stuff as well. As much as it has been an absolute game changer for me, I would like to think there will be a day where I don't need to take it as often. Do you know yeah. what I mean? With, like as anything. I feel like you're not meant to be on medication your whole life, right? But then maybe no. may that's okay too. I don't know. I guess it it's, depends. Yeah, it's like the person. argument
0: of, uh, of is it a crutch or is it <clears throat> a, a necessity? Yeah, um, exactly. And I'm I think... There will be a point where you don't need to take it, like yep. absolutely. But I think if it's helping you at the moment, take it because it's like you know it's, it's there's pros and cons to everything, like exactly. Um, I think like yeah, don't don't waste a good thing while it's there. Yeah, it's it's interesting because my experiences with Ritalin were fine, like that. I had really good experiences, but I did get to a point where because I, I was on the for most of my teen years, I did feel like I was like, I wonder what I'm like off it. Yeah. And what kind of person I'm like. Yeah. Um, Because I never knew, like, I never knew what it was like to not take it and really remember what it was like. And I think, yeah, the other end, there was a few times where I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Probably should have hindsight thought more about that and stuff like that. But I definitely, um, I took, you know, like, doctor's recommendations and stuff, and I had some great doctors. And one of the things was, you know, just be smart, be sensible. Like, I never did any recreational drugs growing up, which was, I think, one of the things that the doctors said because they were like, your brain chemicals are very heavily imbalanced, so probably steer far away from, like, drugs and stuff, unless alcohol is probably fine, but anything else, just steer far away. So that was kind of, like, my removal of, yeah. like, social situations. But, um, yeah, like, now... I I don't the most I've done is weed and that's about as exciting as my <laughs> life ever got. Um but even then it's like I feel um yeah it it didn't really have I feel like it gave me a different outlook growing up to yeah. be like um and I guess like the thing was I took drugs my entire life so when everyone was like oh you take you take drugs oh I need. and it's like I didn't have that impulsive nature to take anything that I wasn't meant to take because I didn't enjoy taking like three tablets a day. And yeah, because I was on like medicine like Epilum for my epilepsy, Ritalin for ADHD, and Prednisone for um, bone density and muscle development. It was like, you know, massive things that were just like consistently, you know, checking that yeah. I was actually going through puberty fine. Um, so yeah, I feel like that side of the coin was just a little bit like, Ugh. was that, you know, what was your life growing up without that and just sort of realising now? Yeah, like,
1: cool. here's a go back unto you. Um, I think I was kind of, yeah, a little bit more dangerous in my my teens. Mm. Um, and... I could never have guessed. <laughs> Where is this area? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a PG channel. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think I did a little bit of self-medicating a little bit.
0: Were you a bit of a risk taker?
1: Yes. What
0: what was the most rebellious thing you did?
1: I think I just went into the party lifestyle a lot, you know. So
0: (laughs) Doing lots of different drugs.
1: Doing that. And like, yeah, like weed I smoked quite regularly. Yeah. Sorry, mum and dad. Um, (laughs) Did they know? Oh, I didn't think they did, but of course they did. It's that weird thing when you're a kid, you think you can get away with anything and they have no idea. Yeah. I think, I think they knew. Maybe <laughs> maybe not as as much. Um, <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> Just don't tell them now. Yeah. Um, and, but apparently it's quite common to self-medicate with, with a weed as yeah. ADHD because it calms you down and yeah. and i got really um motivated when i had it which is to be the opposite so most people have it and they they just do nothing whereas it would calm me and i would end up cleaning the house or doing d- jobs and mm. it would give me that weird like that focus that i was lacking so it, it's weird how i kind of self-medicated without actually realizing i was doing it yeah until it you know became Probably too much. That, that, that That's the past. It's all good now. <laughs> uh, probably a little bit.
0: Like, how are you, how are you with recreational drugs now?
1: Uh, lots, m- Much better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move
0: on very quickly. No,
1: no, no. I mean, I still, I do enjoy every now and then. Yeah. Um, but I know as, yeah, when I was younger, it was definitely
0: yeah probably
1: too much. I, I, I think hope my uh, brain's okay from it. <laughs> I think
0: it's fine. If you were a yeah like I do not think <laughs> it like wasn't
1: cheaper. every day just for the listeners out there. It wasn't like you know full deep <laughs> but think, it was definitely yeah. you know prob- but I think all the people I was around did it too, so it kind of felt like normal yeah. it's a,
0: um it's a very normal thing to do. I think it's like also you know like hell i found the first time I did weed was I was actually a couple of years ago, believe it or not, um I'd never done it before, and I tried it with um my then time at the partner. And, yeah, I was like, this is great. This is just very calming. Yeah. This is very neutral. I'm happy. Um, And, yeah, it was, like, a very surreal feeling to be, like, oh, at ease and, you know, not think twice about it. But I do think that some people, like, I know I was never into particularly, like, doing the hard drugs where it was, like, I was going to be whacked out of my...
1: Yeah, brain
0: on anything like I was like no I just want something that mellows me out and kind of makes me feel good I don't want something that I'm chasing the white dragon kind of shit
1: (laughs) yeah well I've never done like the super hard hard, yeah like you know stay away from ice and heroin kids um (laughs) I used to
0: know people who did ice and heroin like I was like
1: never go down there
0: you know like that was one of um it's an interesting conversation (laughs) with people but yeah like what was the hardest thing you ever did during you know your
1: As in what I took or what I did? Well, well,
0: no, both. Let's let's go down to the naughty route. Um, I
1: don't think I was at, like, when I say naughty, I don't think I was actually that naughty. It was just I was, you know, used drugs. Um, But I should have known that I did have ADHD because I remember taking speed and I just fell asleep on it. How interesting. (laughs) And everyone else was, like, obviously speedy, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. And that should have been the turning point for me, but didn't didn't put it together then. (laughs) <laughs> Whoops.
0: Um, ah, it's pretty standard. Like, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, do you do you think that's helped you with acting as well? Like, and and stuff. Like, all this like ADD, uh, <clears throat> ADHD, and everything. Do you think it's like really helped you now? You know, with your whole acting, or is that
1: yes and no? <laughs> I think yes, um, but sometimes it can be like being aware is annoying. Like, like at auditions, for example, when you go in and they say, you know, you're looking over here, you're doing that over here, and then glance at that person and then go. And as some, you I feel like for me sometimes it just takes a little bit longer yeah. to do it. And so that's kind of been annoying for me. Yeah. But now I think now that I know I can say yep just one second. Cause you're there mm. and they want you to do your best job, right? Mm. So if you just say yep, one moment, I'm just taking it in. Whereas before I would have never really thought to do that. I would be like action, go. And just do it and then do a really shocking job and go oh I'm looking over there you know whereas now i feel like i'm more in control and i'm more of aware that i go yep and then they'll, they'll actually see yeah. you processing it and then you do it sort of yeah. thing
0: do you find like
1: but then oh no you
0: no no you go you go. but
1: then go. when i'm on set i feel like because of the adrenaline and the the way it works i yeah. work well under pressure as well yeah. so i can just go yep 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 i don't know whether it is just a I don't know, maybe the ad thing's just slightly different than being in role of a character. Because I guess if you're on set with something, you've done that character work, you've done that development. So when a director asks a different thing from you, you're already quite familiar with that character that you're able to swap it and flip it and change it. Whereas when it's something a little bit more, you know, you're sitting down, a mate's going to come over, give you a beer, you cheers him and then you look over there like, and then i don't know it's it's slightly different way of doing yeah. in a way my brain might just work a, like slightly different
0: i think that's pretty good though like that makes um like acting is <laughs> performing is very like subjective as well yeah like i think i i find most actors are quite neurodiverse in yeah. a lot of different ways like they it's very much a um you can play around more um and they're probably the more interesting kind of people yeah um yeah it's do you find it like confronting going into auditions now or are you very kind of used to it
1: no yeah i'm pretty pretty used to them now but then i must say like coming out of lockdown and going yeah. into my first one because we did so many self tapes at home yeah rather than going in <laughs> i was thrilled to go back in because I'm really indecisive as a person. So doing like takes at home, instead of literally walking in, you do your name, you do your audition and you leave and you're like there for what, 5, 10, 15 maximum minutes. Yeah. And then I'd be doing it at home. And you'd be like, that's good, but I'll do it again. And then, yeah. you know, you had to be really ruthless and be like, no, you're only getting X amount of takes. And then you're sending it because otherwise I would just go down this
0: rabbit hole of like, yeah. and it would take,
1: you know, a day. Or, ugh. Anyway, so I think for me, back to the question, it was that thing of going back <laughs> in. It was so nice to do, but yeah. then the nerves surfaced again because it had been a while, right? Yeah. Which is normal. But then, then doing it being like, oh no you Know, you know, this feeling, you know, yeah, and then it kind of just
0: fell into place, fades,
1: yeah. And that's
0: a, that's so interesting because I feel like, yeah. And do you feel like what do you actually? This is this is the thing that I always think of. What do you prefer more? The you know, the commercialism world, and, you know, the big big drama stuff, or the independent world? Like, what's your favorite?
1: To be honest, I feel like I'm still working it out because I think it goes back to like what I think I am and who I am. Yeah. And I think at the moment I've always had this idea of me being, you know, a professional actress and being in, I don't know, everyone, you know, the big stars and then realizing oh actually maybe that's not your niche, you know, maybe you're are a little bit quirky, more of a rock star look, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe you fit in more of the independent, you know, stuff, which isn't a bad thing, you know. But I think for a while you're, I don't know, you have always seen like the the making it, you know, that whole thing of, well, what is that? And that's so stupid because I think you think it's Hollywood, but is it? If you're working full time as an actor, isn't that, then you've made it like, yeah. or, or whatever your goal is, you know, for me to be a performer full-time would be my thing. And I remember like chatting to Danny and he was like, but then you've done that. Yeah. And he was, and I was like, well, whoa, yeah, but not to me. I still feel like yeah. there's some sort of next step still.
0: I think that I, I absolutely, and that's, you know, shout out to Danny's podcast of uh, actors <laughs> making it. Um, <laughs> I think that he hits the nail on the head really well when it comes to making it and what does that define yeah um because it's a lot of it's bullshit yeah. a lot of it is bullshit and um one of my one of my good friends he's 70 or 75 now and he just absolutely said he's like I'm still doing short films yeah. I still like it I still do you theater and stuff like that I still love it and he's like I've had been in good films I've been in bad films like I've just I've done it and I'm happy with it. you know doing what i do and I, you know but he he's a person who loves doing stuff he's a very yeah. creative person and i think yeah i don't like this idea that we have to reach a pinnacle no nah. like i remember i mean that's also where i started i i literally I, you know like until i started this podcast i thought God, I need to make it in life and stuff like that. And then, like, you know, 50 fucking episodes like that. <laughs> and I've met so many people who are on the same, at different points in their career, but all on the same page. I've yeah. just been like, this pedestal is to have fun. Yeah. And I you think the pandemic, you love, you know? the pandemic has really changed that.
1: Absolutely. Like, I, I feel that. I'm in a different kind of.
0: Yeah. What were you like before the pandemic? Like, um... where, where, where do you think your goals were then versus now?
1: Yeah, I think I was still trying to chase that big kind of dream. Yeah. Um, And now I feel like I'm a little bit more like having time off and yeah. realizing like time to create and time to make and then being like, that's cool. And having that different kind of outlook on myself as a performer and yeah. being like, okay, Like for children's entertainment, for example, I've realized like that's a niche that I want to go into. That's what I'm good at. That's what I, I'm a child at heart. I teach kids. I perform at Luna Park, which is like, there's so many things, but I was always, I don't know, like thinking, acting, acting, you know, as films, movies, whereas that whole thing, I was in bands, like that would make sense to go that way as well. Yeah. and, but then I do love being on set. So it's like, you know, I kind of, kind of want it all. Um, but that it goes back to the, you know, ADHD and Jack of all trades, like having those four different loves of dance, music, yeah, drama, and, um, you know, performing generally, but they're all kind of different. Whereas I feel like if you're just an actor, you might not want to go down that way. You do know yeah. what I mean? Because you might not want to be singing or you might not want to be moving. You might just want those really intricate you know Shakespearean plays to dissect and get into whereas I love that don't get me wrong but to to do the full cat like to get me as who I am it would involve a bit of it all you know yeah so I think now I'm kind of a bit more open to what comes my way but then also I think I need to kind of set more goals as well because being too open to it all Kind of means you're just floating around. Yeah. And just closing that, like, you know, making it a little bit more of a narrow road rather. Like, keeping it wide, but do you know what I mean? Just...
0: Like, narrowing it a little bit. A little,
1: yeah. And, you know, still doing, like, loving going on short film sets and and, and also, like, realising that you you might need to create your own stuff too. Like, I know everyone's told me that, but then (laughs) I, again... Back, yeah, back to the diagnosis. Like you start something and I never finish it. Yeah, so I have so many things that I've started and haven't finished. Well, the
0: ironic thing is like we were meant to film like three times, yeah. and it's changed over the course of like a year and a half now. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. getting shot next year, and and even then it's like, um, we've you know swapped out actors, we've changed some actors, like, and that, and that's the thing, like you know, for stuff that you create yourself, there's always a little bit of like spend a little bit of budget here and a little bit of no budget there. And you, you kind of get what you pay for kind of thing, but you also got to put a hundred percent of your love into it. Cause it's yeah. like one thing I, I say to anyone is like, if you don't hundred percent love it, I'm not going to hundred percent love it. Yeah. Like rule one Oh one, you've got to be f- fully in and everyone's got to you know, make yeah. an effort. And I think,
1: it's all about the team in yeah. such... Because I just did a really like an independent thing with um, Amelia, Roller Coaster Testers, which is coming out soon. I, I'm
0: so excited. Yeah,
1: and that was one of my favourite projects because yeah. A, a bunch of legends working on it mm. and it was come from love and it was just so fun and different and seeing someone that you know creating something, it also yeah. made me realise that, well, why can't you do that too? Like it was quite inspiring and it was just such a... Yeah, just... A lot of work, don't get me wrong. Amelia's working herself to the bone with it, but, like, it was just, I don't know, yeah. a really cool experience to, you yeah. know, why are we waiting around? You just got to do stuff, you know.
0: I think it's also, like, it's a brave step doing your own thing, especially mm. in that kind of, like, um, you know, especially kind of collecting a bunch of people and going, let's make something and let's do it and I want you in it. Um, that's a big
1: well, we did like, yeah, true. We did all auditions, so I think you know when you yeah. audition, you you've accepted the terms, <laughs> the terms and conditions, and the
0: <laughs> and the death sentences. Um, but I mean, like, and this is the thing: it's so hard to make a project. So the fact that she has even made it this far, mm. fantastic. And I say that to anyone who's actually made something. I'm like the steps to actually get the project up and off the ground, and actually film, edited, done, finished, shown to the public, is so hard versus the amount of times you run a script, you get to the point where you're about to film and then it just doesn't happen. And then you're like, that's right, that's going to the drawer of never getting made. Yeah. Like that happens so regularly. Um yeah. you know, and what like how many projects have you been involved which you you know, never seen the light of day?
1: Well, I, I've I don't even get to that point. Like <laughs> I've just got like notes, 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 notes of all these different projects and scripts and then never wow. even like committed to one. Which is not good, but that. But that being said, I feel like this is a new thing for me. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because like before the bands and stuff, we we finished all mo- most of those projects as a collective. Like yeah. we released albums, we did tours. So there's a lot that I can do. That you know, the big gold or green or whatever color yeah. tick you want to put next to it. Whereas me as an actress, writer, it's a very new territory yeah. for me, and which is cool. Like maybe, and it was like last lockdown, I had this idea. Got halfway through it, and then you know never,
0: did yeah, it. but
1: I'm like it's not too late, you know, it's funny how I think mentally you get over something, yeah, because you're so involved in it, right, um, but then no one else is no one else is over it, you know, if you still went with it, people yeah. would be excited for it just because you've kind of moved on or grown up from it. It doesn't mean that that idea has, if that makes sense, Like yeah. it could still be. Isn't that interesting?
0: Yeah. It's sort of like one of my friends asked me to be in a short film of theirs. And like, it was the first time I'd done like acting and in something for so long that it wasn't my own project. When I was in it, I was like, that's right. Shit. It takes ages. Like (laughs) we did about, we did about three hours, four hours worth of different, you know, and they did it. We did it via Zoom. So it was back when, you know, obviously in lockdown. So I was recording um, on my end. And Emily was in, and she's not an actor. She's a singer, songwriter, and, um, you know, like done sound recording and stuff like that. So she's completely removed from the acting performing world. And so she played a character in it as well. And she was nervous as anything. She was like, oh, my God, it's probably going to be shit and everything like that. I was like, no, you were great. But we were lucky because we broke it up into like the first scene and the second scene, and we did it in split sort of like one before dinner and then had dinner break, half hour, probably an hour break, and then went back to it. And I feel like one of the things that really taught me was being on the other end and helping someone else out where I don't Mm. do any of the post work. I'm just there for my my minute little bit, (laughs) which normally I'm involved from beginning to end. Yeah. And it was the first time ever that I'd only been involved in this one little bit. And I was like, oh, I'm done. That's (laughs) it. Uh, What do I do? Like, bye. And, yeah, it's like he's still editing it. And I just I think about it and I just go, fuck, Okay. That's kind of a surreal feeling to be, like, on the other end of the foot and be, like... But mostly the the advantage was it was improv. Like, a lot of it was heavily improvised. Um, But it was also kind of like, oh, geez, Like, how... I don't, yeah, I don't know because it was like, it was one of the scenarios where I was like completely, I'm amazed. He thought he'd be done by the end of the year. I don't think <laughs> he's going to be done with it until next year. It's funny as well. When you're editing a film, it takes fucking forever. Um, mm. It's like the slowest process is editing. Like I think the longest I've anything sat on my hard drive was like a year um, right. or three years if I didn't have um, animation <laughs> or anything to it. But yeah, like a year sometimes it's between filming to actually release. Yeah. Like, how's your thoughts on that? Do you always kind of, like, look back at previous projects and go?
1: Yeah, I think, it, I, yeah, it does take a long time. As I said, I'm not even at that point. So, they've already been there for, like, six months to a year. So, um, but, yeah, but seeing other people that have done it, you know, you, yeah. I think you don't, like, I remember first going on set even and then seeing how long one scene takes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, back, in, you know, when you first do it and, and I think that's why it's important as well, why I do want to kind of try doing everything, even yeah. though it's so hard um, because you do get a different, you know, you, yeah, you work different muscles in your brain and you dif- you learn different skills. And, yeah. and that's why like lockdown was kind of good because you just like have to edit your own little yeah. stuff together. And now I'm, you know, I wouldn't call myself an editor, but like I understand that now, which is just another tool to add. And yeah. like if I did want to, you know, do a film or short film or something. At least I would have a little bit more of an idea how to edit. I probably would get help still, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Whereas before I would be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? You know. And I think yeah, I think it's like anything. Everything takes so long in the arts, you know. Yeah. Um, because it is so nitty and gritty, and you know.
0: Do you do you feel like as a performer though? There's some things you definitely wouldn't do, or are you pretty much open to anything.
1: Yes and no. I think I am at a stage where I would probably say no to some stuff but I wouldn't say like, you know, the short film thing. Like if I found a script that I loved, I wouldn't mind doing it and not getting, you know, money and being involved in an awesome project. Absolutely great, yes. I'm not above all that, you know, like absolutely not. But if I got something that I thought was a little bit, NAF and they wanted me on set for, you know, you, you got to balance it up, right? You know, you you got to know your worth and your time. Yeah. And I think if it was something, then great. And if it was something that I was a little bit unsure of, I would give it the benefit of the doubt unless I said like it was, you know, you had to travel eight hours away for, you know, X amount of time. And, and then, then travel late. Yeah. Like then I'd probably be like, okay, let's pros and yeah. cons, weigh it up. Maybe not. Yeah. But I've been in a bit of a lull at the moment. I feel like I got had heaps of things and now it's a bit quiet. So I need to be a little bit more active with, because there was a period where I was, you know, on all of the, you know, casting things, looking for my own work as well as, you know, through the agents and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I was getting a lot of, you know, short films and, and features and stuff like that. And now it's kind of gone down. And I know, you know, obviously COVID hasn't helped it, but also I feel like I've kind of fallen off a little bit, you know, and not being as active in looking and mm. that sort of thing. And I think you do need to still put that work in as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's really hard.
1: It is, especially now that work's back. Yeah. I, personally, I need to find a balance between working and still having the time for this. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think with COVID, lockdown, sorry, you got, I had all the time and it was yeah. awesome. And I realized, like, why am I working so much? But then obviously, you need to work to pay the bills. And oh, but there no. needs to be, for me, I'm still finding that perfect balance yeah. of, yeah.
0: Do you feel like you've found also creatives you want to keep working with, or you've, or, or you've been sort of, in, like, now, because of the pandemic, because I think it really changes how you view people and their work ethics and everything. Mm, <laughs>
1: interesting, yeah. I,
0: have you noticed that as well? Yeah, and yeah. I
1: think that, like, I definitely have a bunch of people that I'd still like to work with. Yeah. And I think I just need to start, yeah, be a little bit more um, forward, like, and just doing stuff, whereas sometimes I see myself, I'm a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, I do. I'm very much, you know. I go for things and I'm always doing stuff and, I, you know, yeah. very busy person, but I think I don't take the reins maybe as much as I should sometimes and mm-hmm. go, I've got this project. I need these people. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? I'm a bit more like, oh, I've got this idea a little bit more wishy-washy <laughs> rather than being like, no, let's do this. But yeah. that's good because I'm learning this. So now I'm like, well, if I do have something, I need to.
0: Yeah, you need to be proactive yep. and be like, "Oh yes, this is a plan, and I'm going to do it." Deadlines
1: and, and you know things like that, rather than being like, "It's cool, we we can't do the reading today," and then you never do it. You know, yeah. rather than going, "Okay, no,
0: I think I'll it, find someone else." <laughs> I think it.
1: <laughs>
0: I think it's also like, um, yeah, it, it's being proactive. It's being like um, less reactive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one one thing I've noticed with like this particularly this year versus a bit more last year is like. Just knowing my own worth. Because I used to work myself into the ground. Like, Mm. I used to say yes to anything. And I was like, this sounds like a great idea. Now I'm like, let me weigh up this in my head.
1: Totally. What
0: level am I at? What level are they at? Is the level difference significant enough? Or, Mm. like, because I always judge people on the merit of how, you know, I hate people upselling. Don't ever upsell me. I just think it's a bullshit way of cuz if someone if th- this is the thing, I will base people entirely on their own talent. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to tell me how talented someone is. I'm like cool whatever. Like it sounds really
1: And also if you're working with someone talent's great but if they're an asshole. 100%. And they're the most talented person. Do you want to work with them for 2 years? No. Do you know what I mean? So you, yeah, yeah. It's works both ways.
0: I think I think 100% and I just I think you Know once that value for money and people, you know, some people are absolutely just the nicest people to work with, and I'll hands down um, work with them anytime, you know, it doesn't matter what the project is. Um, but yeah, there's some people I'm just like, it's clearly business for them, and I'm like, mm. you know, I've had friends and go, Oh, this person, I got this person on my project, and I'm like, Okay, amazing, good, who are they? Yeah. I don't know them. Oh, their father worked for this movie. Okay, what a relevance! Um, like you doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, it's like what are they like? I don't care what their parents have done. I care what they've done and who they are. Yeah, and that's I hate people saying that. It's like you know because I've been mis I've been miscredited multiple times. People go, "You're a, you know he's a professional photographer. He's a professional editor." And it's like professional. <laughs> versus actually getting fucking paid yeah. are two different things. I am a paid tech. I am a paid – I worked for media for eight years. Yeah. That is my main job. Everything outside of that I have been very rarely paid for because I have a full-time job. Mm. And th- And this is what I say to people, like, don't upsell me. To, I am this. This is what I am. I will have time for this when I have time for it. It's not I am – Regulated to your schedule. If you want to find someone who fits your schedule, find someone else. But I will never say to anyone, I will fit your deadline. I always say, be understanding that I have this, 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 this going on in my life. And these are the things that I do. And, you know, and I think that goes for anyone. If you said to me, hey, Marty, I've got this going on and this. And I'm like, cool. Okay, cool. We'll work around these kind of like, you know, spots because I know your, you know, I know your skill set and I know you know, we enjoy working together and everything. But I think that some people are just going, oh. Yeah. You know, it's like, cut people a break. They're not full-time, like, you know, everyone's got a lot of <laughs> shit to worry about. And if this was our full-time job, it'd be completely different. Yeah. It would be completely different expectations. Um, but yeah, like, some people just can't comprehend that every, you know, you've got to react like everything's a favour, mm. I think is the important thing. Like, mm. what's your mentality on that of everyone's doing you a,
1: yeah, favour like think favor that's in actually, a that's quite well put, to be honest. Yeah. And and I guess like having like the favour, but yet being professional about it, you know. Yeah. Because I think, you know, you, you I've worked on projects where too many people just yet become unavailable and the script's already written and then people, you know, the writers have to then change the script because people have, and I get it, like life gets busy, stuff happens. Yeah. But I think what you said before, like you need to make sure you're kind of on the same yeah. page at least, or you're upfront about it, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you're not messing people around. But I really like that favour thing. That's really.
0: I just think it's like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're being, you know, someone's paying you while you're being unpaid. It's really important to remember that everyone's doing you a favour and there's an expectation of realism versus yeah, like actually not plausible. Yeah. And most of the time things that you want to be good when people are busy take longer. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, and it just takes patience. Patience is a blessing because like, I've, you know, I think, um, you know, like some projects that I've seen, obviously you'll film a, a year before it gets released or, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like, or two years or, you know, mm. like some movies just come out five years later, like, and you can tell they're five, 10 years old and you're like, <laughs> Oh, well, that's right. That was filmed a decade ago. <laughs> and it's like, they're claiming that it was a this year release. Oof. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, like, it happens all the time. It mm. happens so often that films get pushed back, they get, you know, rescheduled, or you know, that they don't, you know, ever get released. Yeah. I've had, I've I've worked on four things now that never got released. Yeah. They are in my showreel, but they never got publicly released. Yeah. And it's nuts. Like, the amount of times that that's happened, I've worked on things that I think are really good, and then I've worked on things that I thought are really shockingly bad. And... Um, I've got to the point in my career. I don't know if it, same happens to you, but you know, you get to the point where you're like, "Is this worth entirely my time?" Yeah. You know, when you look at who, you know, I don't look at who's involved. I look at the script first.
1: Absolutely. Work
0: work out if it aligns with me. If it's going to be fun. If I know the person making it, it's going to be make it fun. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> when anyone approaches you for an idea, how do you gauge? Like, are you very hypercritical of, like, before you say anything? Do you kind of just go through your mess? Your-
1: <laughs> I think to begin with, I was kind of <laughs> always too enthusiastic and gave people false, false hope.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: I'm learning not to do that now and to be like, because I'd get excited so easily. And I'm like, great, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've already said you're, you love it. And then to go back on your word is always a tricky thing. So I've learned now to, yeah filter a little bit yeah. and just take it all in first before you go, this is great. Cause then once you do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's.
0: I mean like <laughs> it's, it's, I, I remember like when I first, you know, did the doctor who stuff back in 2017 Yeah, and we filmed three scenes and one of them took forever and a day to release. Like it, it came out, uh, 2020 actually. Um, Two of them came out 2020 because they were just like in post-production for Donkey's Yonks. Yeah. Um, But one of the things was like Isabel McMaster's always comes back. She always comes back and does more. <laughs> and I just love that because um, she was there when I started them back in 2017. And she is not, she is just like, yep, whenever, yeah. whenever, whenever we can, we'll do it. And I think that's, it's the level of enthusiasm that you don't expect because I used to, I used to, when I started making stuff like this, I was like, oh, no one's going to be interested. Everyone's going to think it's shit. I, but it's the level of enthusiasm you have. It really comes down to, you know, being clear with people. Like, yes, this will be delayed because of COVID. Yes, it will be delayed because of totally like, life, you know, life problems. I understand if everyone can't be involved anymore. Respecting people like that. People always come back. It's yeah. like the thing when you don't like start respecting people like have to drop out because of life, yeah, and you have to replace people, and it's just you know it's a fact of life it uh, happens yeah yeah, it's just like I mean, I think the fact that it's good to be enthusiastic, and I agree with you because i'm I'm the worst I get enthusiastic about projects too, but I do think that when I meet the people involved, and I know their level of enthusiasm is matched equal to mine, then it's a good vibe. Yeah, But totally. when not everyone does that, you're like, okay, <laughs> I should uh, reprocess that. Oh,
1: whoops. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, like I – yeah, I don't know. It's a very weird world when it comes to making your own stuff. Like how do you keep your level of enthusiasm when you sort of like maintained or is it just very easy once you know you're enthusiastic about a project?
1: Um, <laughs> I think it – yeah – it definitely comes in waves for me. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll get excited about it and then it might not be the way that you see it because people have a completely different, you know, view on things and then the enthusiasm can fade, but I feel like as a person, yeah. I'm pretty consistently <laughs> happy and and energetic and enthusiastic. So I'll usually be that person that, you know, comes into the project that's a bit more hey! brings the energy up, you know, because yeah. that's kind of who i am even when things get a bit tough i'll try and see the you know the brighter side of things and yeah well it's not that bad okay it's gonna take longer yeah Yeah. it's fine i
0: mean like you're pretty enthusiastic about most things as well well exactly yeah yeah um which i love i love your level of enthusiasm it's just like oh my god yes it's very infectious um (laughs) But no, I I think how are you when you because you, you talked about writing and you know writing music is are you writing your own stories as well?
1: Yeah, so at the moment I'm trying to write, kind of combine them. You're so, trying to com- you're well, making a musical? Well, no, because I don't think I'm at that level. But like so, yeah, I've I've been trying to do this like short film idea, but yeah, I don't really know what's happened to that. And then I came up with another one, and I don't know what really what's happened with that. And then I'm, like, got this other completely different idea for children's entertainment, kids kind of thing. Yeah. And it's that thing for me of, like, okay, well, what what do you – I think the expectation of where it goes is too high. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need to just do it, not expect it to be picked up, not expect, it, you know, it to be this block, block, bus, blah, blah, block, <laughs> block, block, start, blah, blah. You know, just to do it for you. And, yeah. again, like, when I was talking to Amelia, she was, like, you know, I think it's important that you do write your own thing. And she was, like, you know, you don't have to direct act produce edit all of it yeah. you can you know pick which hats you want to wear but it is kind of you think you grow as a an actor to wear those different hats too you know and i think with me in the writing i really need to try it properly because i just get to these drafts and never push through yeah and and with the music side like i was only like with the Khans, like tempo was definitely the main writer like he wrote
0: mm.
1: you know the songs we were there we helped Um, but in terms of the core, it was him. So I, I, and I think for ages I was kind of quite hard on myself for it being like, you know, you don't, you're not the writer, but it's like, but they asked you to help for a reason. So like maybe you're not the one that, um, you know, starts it, but you, I feel like I need like, I need a buddy. I yeah. think is the, the way to answer this question. I think I'm going well and I've got all these ideas, but sometimes my brain is too quick and too many ideas come in that I need someone to go, great, let's pull this out and go with this one. You don't need all of this other stuff there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's great, but that will then, we can spread this over episodes or, you know, yeah. that this is one project here rather than trying to cram it all in. If that makes sense. And I think, mm-hmm. like, but then with Dawn, my other band, it's very much a we all write together. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We've, we like, I've written lyrics with the girls, we've helped out with melodies, even though I'm the drummer, I don't just come in and play drums. Like, there's some songs, of course, that are, you know, more others, you yeah. know, one person writes more than the other in particular things, but there's still a sense of team and core in that. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like we've all done little parts. And yeah. So that's awesome. I think that's really something that I need to remember when it comes to these new early days of me writing stuff that I have done it and it's okay to not be sure at first and just kind of go with it. Yeah. And yeah, but I do think for me, again, being so indecisive, I think I need like it, maybe it, it isn't a solo thing. Maybe I yeah. do need a, a a buddy that's maybe more of a writer or maybe not even just more of a, an editor that can just rein me in a little or I don't know, yet to yet to find that person. But, you know, hopefully I I, I like I'm like I've got a mate that we've been talking about one of them together. But yeah. it's just hard to pin each other down and actually do it. And she's super busy, which is totally great. But I also feel like, you know, sometimes you need to be on the same, like, you know, prioritize things or, or know when to go. Yep, yeah, all right, that's fine. And then also know we need to find the time, you know. Yeah. And, and, it, and make it.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's hard. Mm. It's, <laughs> um, and
1: then part of me is like, well, if that's the mentality and you don't want to rely on people, then you do have to do it yourself. But yeah. then you have to be aware that if you do do it yourself, yes, it's going to be easy because you don't need to, you know, get people in for a particular time. You can do it whenever you want. You can have those hyper-focused times and just do it. But then you have to be aware that it will take longer because yeah. you are doing it all.
0: It goes back to that Jack of Apple Trades kind of thing. I think one thing um, is, you know, making homemade stuff. It's mm. very, you know, very fun. Like
1: Yeah, and I haven't really done it yet, so yeah. I want to. I think I just need to care less and just do it Yeah, release it, where it, 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 it's crap, you know. I think that's the <laughs> thing. is, like people
0: don't embrace crap, though. Mm. They don't just embrace that, hey, eh, it wasn't the best, but... I did it. I did it in the entertainment values there. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, that was kind of why I enjoyed the lockdown. It really taught me a lot because I was like, I had this, I found an old script that I think is shockingly quite fa- bad, but it's quite fun. It's, <laughs> it's a send-up of horror and it was meant to be a two-minute trailer kind of thing. I wrote it when I was like 2012 or something, 2011, And know, I'd found it. I was like, you know what? I might suggest this to friends, and a whole bunch of friends just loved it because it sounded so stupid. <laughs> they were like, "This is great! Like, this is just silly fun." And I was like, "All right." I was like, "I should make this." And then was like, pandemic and stuff happened, and it's still in the um, like, the plan to make it. But it, you know, you just got to remember that every project you do it doesn't have to be a hundred percent serious all the time, and it can yeah. be, it can have its imperfections and flaws and stuff like that. Like, i always look back at old projects. I'm like, "Oh, that wasn't great." Like, I'll look back at my first ever film that I made. I made one in high school, like yeah. end of HSC. It's not well shot. It's not well acted. It's very all over the place, but I still enjoy it because it's funny and yeah. it makes me laugh. And it's shot entirely on a handy cam. There was no proper audio. There was just me editing it in um, Adobe um, Premiere. And that was it. It just, and it looks shocking. Like yeah. it, it looks uneven. It looks, un- <laughs> but I, I, there was one week where I didn't have a. Like my friend was meant to help me shoot, and then they dropped out, and then it was just me for the day shooting it myself, and then I had the help of my brother and then my dad, and like I just made it work, and I shot the entire thing, and I didn't get a great mark for it because like I was like, <laughs> I should see people are a bit difficult, but I was really proud that I even bought, like got something made. I did it, yeah. I was like, this is impressive for the fact that how many problems I had, and I had, I did it all in a week. I did it every Yeah, I made a 20-minute short film. Oh, sorry, 10-minute short film in a week. And I was like, that's impressive. Shot a bit every day. And I was like, doesn't matter, you know. And I did it. And, like, it was perfectly reasonable. And I was impressed that I even, you know, got it released. So, you know, the realistic side of that is, remember, you can make anything and it's not perfect. Like, I think the one thing, I, you know, I secretly encourage everyone to kind of like, you know, but when they write something, record an audio version of it and then listen back to it because then you can work out the imperfections and dialogue and mm. stuff like that. That's always quite fun. I think I've really enjoyed doing that with the Doctor Who stuff, like getting everyone to record their voices and then just listen to it and work out where the inconsistencies are and go, okay, well, I want this delivery like this and then you hear the totally. Um Even
1: when I recorded yours, like the yeah. other day, I was like, oh, actually, I don't like that. Oh, actually, you know, and then your brain already starts like ticking.
0: Yeah, um, and it's sort of like... And you realise how it's going to shape and how it's going to tonally sound and everything like that and you kind of, like, get a completely different view of your own story.
1: Yeah, that's a Um, really good point.
0: Yeah. I feel like also uh, there are five, you know, there are multiple directions you can take any story in and it's really just kind of having fun with seeing what you get on the day, knowing the vibe that you're going in with and then kind of, like... Because one of my friends wrote years ago, like, this comedy script. And then when we saw it performed, it was more like a drama. (laughs) and it was so funny because it was dry comedy it was dr- it yeah. was so dry it wasn't like slapstick how he thought it would be and it was like no there's a lot more subtly dry and it was just cuz the actors he got played it so straight yeah and right. i was like there you go cuz you 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 realize anyways like oh that really does change the direction of the story and i was like yeah cuz you've written like this completely different way than you think in your head and that's not translated. Like you've mm. d- decided in a completely different attitude when you go into the editing process. And the editing process also defines a film. Like, it's, absolutely. Like I mean, I, do you get stuck on the scripts and then go, oh, this is not going to be
1: perfect. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Perfectionism is something that I'm finally oh. letting go of, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing of like, why do we care so much? Yeah. You know, it, it, but you do, but yeah. you shouldn't because nothing's perfect. And that Nothing word shouldn't even exist. Like get rid of it. Perfection. Put it in per, the bin. Perfectionism
0: bye bye. is unachievable.
1: Exactly. So it's so dumb, yet you still have this weird idea of it. And what it needs to be is entertaining. You know, yeah. like if I could every day, which, which I'm practicing and learning and training my brain to change that word. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because if it's exciting or entertaining and will keep people's, people engaged, then great. That's yeah. what you want or, or, or it'll challenge them to think or like whatever, you know, the project is, yeah. um, yeah, but the whole perfectionist thing, it's so detrimental. It's so, you know, for, just, you know, for ballet, for dance, sure. You want to be perfect cause it's so technical and there's, you know, that kind mm. of thing. But for like acting, it's all about bold choices and, and going outside the box and doing something different. You know, you don't want to be perfect how boring is it for a casting director to watch the same thing over and over and over again yeah reason people get jobs is because they do it differently yeah but it's funny you know this yet you still (laughs) go into the trap event you're like still trying to write this perfect script and you go in and do a boring audition and you're like what i think haven't you (laughs) learned
0: i think it's also like um you know just being diverse people like Mm. um I always think it's kind of interesting when people go into auditions and they're looking for diversity, and you kind of just like, do you find that there's some auditions that you just kind of go, like, that you try and apply for because they're a bit more diverse or stuff like that? Like,
1: yeah, I think like leaning into that sometimes is good. Yeah. But then, because
0: you're, you know, you're an alternative human. You're like,
1: and it's weird because I feel like that what I put myself for tends to be like that. But then yeah. what I get like for auditions and stuff through agents and stuff, it's all like sometimes like the mums and I'm like, whoa, is this – you definitely don't find like me as what, the mom. Well, why am I getting these like never ever complain about getting an audition obviously yeah. but there is that thing of like am I but then you hear these stories about like the wild cards in castings yeah. where they do it on purpose where they put wild cards in because sometimes the casting director goes actually yeah I didn't want that mum look I wanted the alternative mum do you know what I mean but sometimes I just feel like am I always the wild card or you know like I went for one not that long ago and it was all men Wow. And I was a girl there and I was like, am I in the right place? I'm like, yeah, yeah, come in. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> it, it was just for a TVC. I didn't get it. But maybe a guy got it. But there obviously was someone at that point that went, yeah, they're all good, but oh, Yeah. Well, that, that, this person looks like they could also fit this.
0: I just, uh, it's interesting about the premise of wild cards as well. I don't, I don't mm. think much of a, of a wild
1: card. But I think the wild card thing means something different to the brief, right? Yeah, so, well, like slightly you know.
0: alternative, different. Um, like different dyed hair. Your well, guess. this
1: hair's new as well. I was just blonde for ages. I know. So, which but you, I guess my look was still even blonde. It was like not. I don't know. It's still you looked like a you looked like an inner west,
0: west. hipster, <laughs> which you know.
1: I guess. I was born in the west. <laughs> yeah, I know. So there you go.
0: Like isn't that the way though, like um the, the, the I feel like it's less so now. Like, you know, like casting is a little less rigid and yeah. it's like you look queer, so therefore you are automatically fit said nah. in yeah. this category um and you know, whereas nowadays anyone can play almost anything.
1: But it's interesting of like what people see you as and what you are as well because yeah. that was something you know, like last year I got these two roles and one was like the bad guy and the other one was like the nerd. And they're so opposite, yet yeah, that's what I got cast as. And maybe not a nerd, but like the highly um, yeah. introverted, um, smart person who's really, really, really smart but terribly social, you know, terrible in a social yeah. situation, that kind of thing. And then the kind of misunderstood baddie sort of thing. So... Yeah, there's similar things, but they're also so different.
0: And to me, that
1: really—it was a good thing because I was like, "Cool!" Like, obviously, you need to know your types. I hate that word, but you know, you need to know where you fit. But then, you also, as an actor, you need to be diverse as well. So it's kind of, (laughs) yeah, you know,
0: you gotta balance it. Balance
1: it. It's a bit weird saying that because it sounds like it's opposing. but But it's it's, it's, not
0: not, it's not exactly it's it's never opposing absolutely (laughs) um yeah it's interesting that um do you think like because what do you teach children do you teach them acting or do you teach them singing or
1: um i teach them acting and dance so at the moment i do like little kids one-year-olds to five-year-olds ballet yeah or walking around and clapping your hands you know um (laughs) technically ballet and then i do like Primary school from like well, how old are they? Like year two yeah. in year two to year five. Oh no, some of them are year six because there's two classes. Yeah. Dance, um, and then I've got one other little drama class that's like yeah, year three and year four. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And do
0: you try and like, you know, not give them false hope of the future.
1: <laughs> Well, I think How the, do you deal with that when well, you're I in think it? the companies that I work for aren't those like real professionals ones. And I kind of did that on purpose because yeah. I was like when I was young, I went to some of the, you know, top end kind of dance yeah. schools and stuff. And I was never very, I wasn't. At the, I wasn't a favourite. I wasn't at the front line. I was the one that had to work my ass off and was mm. a bit of a loser because I was a little alternative and everyone thought I was an emo kid, which I was, but at dance school that doesn't fit in. So I was but always a little, bit, <laughs> a little bit of a loser at dance school but then thrived in you know, my, my groups yeah. and stuff. So for me, going into teaching, I did teach at some more pristine kind of schools and it just wasn't for me because I didn't like – the way it was yeah. was because it had such a not a negative impact. I don't want to say that. Like, I, I'm glad I did it, and I, it shaped me, and I had some awesome experiences. But I also feel like I was very aware of like like one of the reasons I didn't kind of pursue the dance world was because so many bitches like I just didn't get along with <laughs> dancers. Do you know what I mean? And then going into the music world where they're so much more relaxed and nice, yeah. I felt more. And the actors they're a little bit weirder and quirkier. Like I I just preferred that as much as i would have loved to go the dancing world yeah A, I think it wasn't my strength and i probably deep down knew that but just was (laughs) wanting to be better
0: wanting to be cool yeah so
1: a lot of the dance schools and like drama schools i work at are more like after school care programs where the kids want to do it but it's a little bit more fun and you know encourage you just encourage them to give it a go and to be bold and and to try rather than to mold these you know it's not the you know the stereotypical kind of, you know, e- like the the ballet isn't that pristine. Yeah. Perfection stuff, the 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 dance, it's like it's not that who's going to be in the front line, you know, out of 40 kids, it's like they've only got 10 All in the class them. and everyone gets a turn and, you know, you find you make the easier section yeah. so the uncle <laughs> kids get a front and then you do the technical part so the, the other <laughs> kids get a Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I don't know, for me, maybe having that background of not – yeah not fitting in and not being the best has kind of worked
0: that's amazing
1: in its own thing but then on the flip side when I work at like the acting centers for the young kids one-year-olds to five-year-olds yeah you know when there's 15 kids in a class and they're little you just have to it it doesn't even feel like teaching it's more like performing because you've just got to keep these kids engaged yeah and they're all bouncing off the walls so it's like one idea to the next that's not working let's go to the next thing keep them there But obviously teaching them at a a curriculum as well, but being pretty much on your toes because if you get a class that are all really, really loud or, you know, and it does happen. You have some classes where they're just all quiet and don't do much and then you get all the personalities in one class and you've got to deal with that.
0: And then you panic and you go, oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, That's really cool though. Do you, like, has that opened your eye? That must have opened your eyes though now. Yeah. As being yeah. an adult, especially with, you know, being surrounded by kids, with you know, bouncing around left, right, and centre.
1: Yeah, and I think it's still like part of me finds myself like exhausted and it, sometimes you, you put too much pressure on them. Not that they know it, but you're trying to control the class too much. Yeah. For, rather than just kind of letting them be. <laughs> like, but then. Just
0: stay there. <laughs>
1: you can't let them all be because then it's. No. A nightmare.
0: (laughs) That would be unkind and cruel to the children.
1: Yeah. But I remember like one of my earliest memories of doing the dance concert, teaching one. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, the one-year-olds to five-year-olds doing the ballet show. And one of the girls was just crying. Oh, And she was little. And I was the teacher, so I couldn't go over to her. And there was this other teacher who came running on and just held her. And I was so... I don't know. It was that thing of like, I understand now when you have conversations with adults being like, Oh, I hated performing. Mm. And like, what was that? Like what experience did they have? And it was so nice to be a part of, cause if we left that kid there, she could have been that kid that came out being like, I hate dancing, you know, but now it was such a nurturing, lovely moment that she came back, you know? Yeah. So it's like those nice things of shaping someone's experience. And yeah. shaping, I mean, she might not be a, a dancer, but she'll have good memories from it, you know, and it will help her. Which is the main thing, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an experience. It's really heartwarming. It's actually really <laughs> heartwarming. It's very sweet. <laughs> um.
0: Uh, yeah. It's it's keeping that like alive for the younger, you know, younger people. And I, you know, like I never, I've had some bad experiences, but you know, I don't like ingrain it in everything I do. Mm. And the, this industry is very clicky. It's yeah. very. Find a niche. Find your, find your peeps is what I say to people. Find it's like, your peeps like that. Find your peeps. <laughs> I think that's a perfect point to wrap us up, though. Yeah. Yeah. I've loved chatting to you. It's, it's been, been fun. It's been great. Um, Katrina, where can people find you? Where can people stalk you?
1: Um, oh, good question. I guess I use – I'm pretty bad with social media. I really need to find that old chestnut thing better. But um, if you want to listen to my music, you can check out Dawn. On Bandcamp, D-A-W-N, or The cans on Spotify. And if you want to find me, let's go with Instagram. Um, what's my handle? <laughs> yeah, I'm it's asking really you. I don't um, even know. I think it's Kitty with a K and then Cat Creates with Cs. Right. Yeah.
0: Kitty Cat Creates.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Or Cat Cans might be the other one. <laughs> I can't remember.
0: I'll write in the bio we don't get lost. Sweet <laughs> uh, um, But no, thank you for coming on It's thank been an absolute you. joy to listen to your stories You too um, And if you want to go and check out more episodes of The Things We Do You can check them out on Apple and Spotify I'll be talking with another guest next week And I'll speak to you all later Goodbye <laughs>